Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venable. He's Bo Brock Live at the PHNX headquarters in downtown Phoenix. We are in a new era, Bo Brock, of Arizona Cardinal football. As you, as well as the many Valley media members, had the opportunity to speak directly today with new Arizona Cardinal GM, Monty Asenfort, a man, where do we begin? Tons of sound bites, but your overall general impression of the Cardinals' new executive in charge of the team. Monty, 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 right? The full Monty, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. I don't know which direction you want to go with the Cardinals' GM, but you've got this a little bit of hype surrounding this guy. I think that he yeah. won the press conference today, and here's a couple of things as far as the main takeaways for Monty Asenfort's introductory presser is that you can be excited about the future of the Arizona Cardinals and then also think probably not going to involve Sean Payton. I think those are the takeaways I got from today's press conference, his availability uh, with us today, speaking on on many subjects, you know, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, whether it's the next head coach, Kyler Murray, team building, you know, his philosophies, where he, he kind of learned those philosophies. A whole lot about Monty. We got the full Monty. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, he was impressive. I know a lot of people were, I don't know, I don't call it taking shots, but they were like, man, he looks nervous. And I'm just like, I don't really care. He's not leading the 53-man roster. He's picking the players, right? Mm -hmm. And I think he will be impressive behind the scenes. Not that he wasn't impressive today, but for people who are going to act like maybe they wouldn't be nervous, you know, as the new GM, he admitted, I've never been a general manager before. I've been waiting for this opportunity. This is why you work in this injury to get, get to this point. This is all new to him, especially yeah. when you think about Bo. Like Steve Kime had this press conference in 2013. He had been around the franchise for right. 15 plus years. This is new to him. He just met Michael Bidwell like last week, if right. not, you know, previously. He just met Michael Bidwell's family today. He had an opportunity to connect with Buda Baker. So I'm always going to give the GM, especially the GM over the head coach, the benefit of the doubt that they're they're going to be nervous. But I yeah. listen, he he hit all the right beats with me. Um, he didn't neglect Kyler Murray or any singular player. But again, it, it's obvious they're not going to cater to any one player. And if your criticism right. of this franchise was that they were maybe two player friendly, that they weren't buttoned up, which is not, you know, that's not speculation. That's fact. They were in the right. news for all the wrong reasons. 
they are trying to clean up this mess figuratively and literally on and off the field. And all his responses today echo that. Right. I mean, as nervous as he was, and I, I can absolutely, uh, I, I guarantee, yeah, he did seem like a very nervous Nelly up there. But at the same time, his answers, it, it didn't affect or impact his ability to give you solid answers and, and right. solid uh, ways that this organization can find its way through this, uh, the, find its way out of the mud right now and get back on track. I mean, you have to really like what he had to say about most of the things he talked about. Um, I mean, I, I should, I got to shake his hand. He, he would re he would, when people would ask questions, they would say their name, their affiliation, then they repeat their name back to him. Like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, you have to like the individual right off the bat, shook his hand to, to kind of back up how nervous he was. It was one of the sweatiest hands I've ever shook in my life. And that's not a knock on the guy. It's just, you know, I mean, he was, he was going through it. It was probably the first time he's gone through it. You know, he's been a behind the scenes guy. He's never been at the forefront of things. He's put 22 years of his life into this. And this is the moment he's been waiting for. And I don't anticipate him dropping the ball at all. I think that he's going to show this organization how how most organizations, successful organizations, are meant to be run for the first time in a long time. I put out a tweet and I got some snarky responses, but I, <laughs> I echoed kind of your sentiments because it's obvious when he was responding to media members, he would say, nice to meet you, repeat their name back. Yeah. And yeah, it may seem like the bare minimum, like in your workplace, you're, you're respectful, right? And you make eye contact with people. But I don't want to talk about Steve Kime more than we have to, but I feel like today is a good day to kind of compare and contrast. Like Steve Kime, especially with ex-players, was not well-respected. And say what you want about Steve, uh, he had a reputation that was going sour around the league fast for his conduct off the field and his relationships or lack thereof. This guy looks like he's all about relationships. And again, people in the comments saying, well, Johnny has to win games. Absolutely. And we will hold him and the next head coach accountable coming mm -hmm. this spring and next fall when the real football work begins. Yeah. But yeah. like you can blow a press conference. You can't win a press conference and win a Super Bowl in January. But right. we all remember Adam Gase's press conference when his eyeballs are going. <laughs> right. We remember. Yeah. Who's the GM with the Giants? Gettleman's press conference was a flipping disaster. It was like, I don't care about computers and analytics. Would you rather have that? Give me a guy who's nervous because he takes this shit seriously. Yeah. And he respects everybody in the room, no matter if you're his boss, Michael Bidwell, down to the intern, blah, 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 whatever. I, I was impressed with what I saw from just a respect factor that he gave to everybody in that room. Yeah, no doubt about it. I completely agree with that. Let's get to our super chat here. Redbirds 224. Trenches, 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 cactus emoji. I'd say the only red flag today is is that uh, Monty Osenfort dropped the cactuses. I said, hey, whoa, it's cacti, cacti. sir. Better get, you better get used hey, to it. Hey, cactuses is in the AP style guide as appropriate plural for cactus. There's Aaliyah dropping some knowledge on us. I, I was an English minor. <laughs> I got to and... flex that journalism degree every once in a while, you know? <laughs> Regardless, look. As far as the trenches, you look at the two organizations that he spent the most time in. Most recently, Tennessee. They invest, you know, draft cap to capital on both sides of the defensive and offensive lines. Jeffrey Simmons stands out to me on the defensive line for Tennessee. You got on the offensive line. They've got a couple first rounders that they've spent on the O line, and then you look at, you know, New England. That I mean, they're notorious for what they like to sink into and where they like to build their teams. And it's right there through the trenches. So that has to get you excited. You have to make the right decisions, though. Uh, we we talked to we, – we heard a lot of things that we liked 
from Monty Osenford. Let's get to a couple of these clips, Johnny, uh, just from the man himself. Let's just talk about or, or listen to him talk about the rebuild process for the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, no one here is happy about the results of last year. But it's not too long ago that this team was in a very good position. I was witness to it firsthand two years ago when this organization came into Tennessee in Nissan, Nissan Stadium and, and ran all over us. And that's what we're going to get back to. Our goal here is to win, to build a team that can win the NFC West, to advance in the playoffs, and ultimately for everyone in this organization to enjoy in what it feels like to hold that Lombardi trophy. I love it. Yeah, that's good stuff. And and frankly, listen, going external, you could have put Mr. Potato Head up there and I would have been eating <laughs> everything you'd be selling because it's not somebody oh, internally. Yeah, you the franchise. <laughs> right. You could have put a fucking stuffed animal up there and said, this guy's from Baltimore. I would have been like, fuck yeah, let's do it. I would have been ready for, to run through a wall if it's still you know, oh, up there. Let's go. Right. <laughs> so again, the bar was low. It's yeah. Like that meme. It's like the bar was low, but holy fuck. No, no, no. They, they took care of it here. Here's what no, I will he- say. That he 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 gave me what I needed today. Is is it my first choice? No, I don't really even know what a first choice looks like for a GM. I have a first choice for a head coach, but I I do want to pivot quickly because we got some people in the in the chat. Because you dropped like a subtle bomb at the beginning of the show, and my guy Bo Brock, he's in the know, and he's he started this off by saying that you feel like this takes them now with the hiring out of the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Do you care to elaborate on that, Bo Brock? Yeah, no, I I think that it makes, especially this show, it makes you kind of just hit the pause button. It's like, okay, let's, let's see some news. Let's see some, some, some news that would push the Sean Payton conversation forward because right now we're in a holding pattern. And I know it probably came down to the Arizona Cardinals hiring a GM. And I don't want to get into the reports as far as what, you know, them hiring a GM and Monty Osenfort did to their chances as far as Sean Payton. But I think it the uh, the hiring of Monty Osenfort and some some things that he said today, yeah. namely about Brian Flores, made me think, okay, Brian Flores seems to have hurdled Sean Payton, in my opinion, as far as the next head coach potentially for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you know, we heard from Monty Osenfort. We didn't hear it during the press conference. This was post-press conference. Uh, the the media members get to kind of meet him one on one, and I got a chance to talk to him. And I asked him if he had really any relationship with Sean Payton because we were hearing kind of otherwise they were that they were both kind of guys that came from uh, the big tuna Bill Parcells. Where this is what Monty Osenford said about Sean Payton. Sean Payton's a phenomenal coach. He's had a lot of success in this league, but have not um, have not crossed paths with him ever. Hasn't crossed paths with them. And now we're playing the role probably. We've all been there before. You have two separate friends that don't know each other. And right. then you get everybody together and you hope that it works out. But we don't yeah. know if they're going to like each other. And that's that's the big risk, I think, that sh- that uh, Michael Bidwell kind of rolled the dice on here. But he rolled the dice on getting the best general manager candidate he felt like he could possibly get. He started there and felt and, and felt like, okay, I like this guy. A lot of people, he's, he's well-respected around the league. He was in the Patriots organization for 15 years. He was with the Tennessee Titans the last three. You know, nobody's had anything to, negative to say about the guy. And he's got to just assume, like, look, if Sean Payton doesn't like Monty Osenford, then maybe he's just not the guy for this organization. Um, so, look, I, I just think that we can probably pause for right now until an interview is reported as far as Sean Payton with the Arizona Cardinals. And then we'll get right back into it. 
Right, because I think Sean Payton, it, it was he had interest in the Cardinals. Now, has that dwindled? Here's what I don't buy for one second. What did you expect Michael Bidwell and company to do? Not interview GMs before he met with Sean Payton? Like, you want them to sit on their hands until they wait their turn at line at the county fair and they get their chance to woo Sean Payton? You want to punt on 10 to 14 days of recruitment? Now, we're just getting word, Bo Brock. The Titans have finalized the hiring of 49er executive Rand Carthon as their new GM. So that's it. There aren't any available GM jobs open. They were all filled at the uh, same amount of time. So I think for people, and I'll put Mike Silver in this because he kind of went on a Twitter rant last night saying that Cardinals are out of it because Sean Payton wants all the power. It's just like, come on. like Michael Bidwell is still probably going to have one-on-one time with, with Sean Payton if he hasn't had that already. I mean, would it shock anybody if they connected that that day for the Fiesta Bowl Saturday in Phoenix? No, it wouldn't shock anybody. And uh, to sit there and say, well, because they hired a GM to, you know, start the process of evaluating their franchise because they didn't want to punt on this time before the Senior Bowl, before the Combine, that they're eliminated from Sean Payton. Would I put them as the favorite? No, but on Vegas, DraftKings has them as the favorite, plus yeah. 350 of the Cardinals along with Brian Flores. So, uh, people in my comments, everybody's freaking out like we're out of Sean Payton. I know Mike Jarecki put something out there. Just take a second. This is a process. Sean Payton, the jobs that presumably he wanted, they're gone. They're not available. He right. can go back to Fox. Why? The Cardinals needed a GM. They have to run their franchise. Right. They can't right. now, now they can slow play this, but uh, say spare me for that. Until, as Bo said, we get definitive news one way or the other. Like, no, they're not going to interview him, or we're going to get an interview scheduled. It's going to be next Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. Just everybody take a deep breath. He's mm-hmm. still available. Yeah, he's still available until until he's not. And he's still he's going to take interviews, and he's going to sit down. You know, he, he must have done a virtual interview because he wasn't eligible to do in person until today in Los Angeles with the Denver Broncos. But Adam Schefter reported last night that he he done and finished an interview with uh, the Houston Texans. Must have done that virtually. He was just like that. That that's got to be like the least amount of work he's doing on these interviews. He's just gonna fire up and jump into a, a Zoom meeting and just say, "Hey, nice to meet you." I mean, when you look at the Texans setup, you look at Carolina's setup. He's gonna go to New York and meet the Carolina Panthers and and talk with with their brain trust. You know, Scott Fitterer and you know who had hired Matt Rule and is moving off of Steve Wilkes. I, I just think that when you look at what the Arizona Cardinals have done with the hiring of, of Monty Osenford, it's just as impressive as any, any of the other openings. Um, Carolina is in the same division as New Orleans. You, right. Is New Orleans going to flip Sean Payton in their division so he can beat their ass twice a year? Save me from that. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm having trouble kind of connecting the dots with that one. And I'm also having trouble connecting the dots, Bo. We talked about this off air. Like, you had a brilliant comparison. Like, is this going to be Joe Gibbs 2.0? If he ru- if he runs to the Denver Broncos and you, he has to play Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes twice a year with a, a wash Russell Wilson and Justin Herbert, who if they don't win next year, they'll get Herbert a real coach. Like, what what I don't I don't really understand all the people that are like, well, he's not interested in the Cardinal job. The Cardinals have the cleanest slate of any of these teams, even right. with Monty Austin Fort, because there's no Monty has no affinity for these players i'm sorry he could get this 53 man roster tomorrow so could sean payton and we talked about on yesterday's show george Patton traded for russell wilson everything that's going on in carolina they trade that regime traded for sam darnold they made those picks it's just it's still a clean slate 
Everybody right. take a beat. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I mean, the the Gibbs, you know, comparison was, you know, Gibbs was away from the game for far longer than just a season, but he was this guy that could do no wrong, right? Three Super Bowls with not an elite quarterback. He was able to do it with with the team, with a complete team, and then he came back to Washington, and it wasn't nearly as much success. But to sit here and say that, look, the Broncos are far more successful organization because of what they did with John Elway and then at the end of Peyton Manning's career. What have they they haven't done shit since Peyton no. Manning retired? They've been no. out of the playoffs. They haven't been off the play in the playoffs since. That that's right. got to be one of the long, longest streaks in the and NFL. We love the MBR. We love our friends at DMR. All they have is deep pockets and Elway highlights. That's it. That's all they have. That's all they've got and they're going to hang their hat on it and it's not enough in my opinion to to lure Sean Payton according to his reported criteria. So, like, to just take him out because you're learning the name Monty Awesome for for the first time yesterday, I think that's that's completely that's just rampant speculation, and it's it's nearly irresponsible. It's it's just it is it's gross. And again, I I feel like this is all hyper. Like, let's just everybody take a second. I think this is just a lot of guessing. What we I feel like can. Not, can can we stop speculating on Vance Joseph? Can we put that to bed? Because Nightingale Sunset said just no Vance, please. Vance still has plus 450 odds on DraftKings. Do you feel like this Monty Austin for uh, hiring Bo completely diminishes that opportunity? Because they talked about, like, Vance is going to be the first person they interview. Yeah. It sounds like. And then no, they're going to go confirmed. from there. That's confirmed. And, you know, when Bidwell said that, I wanted to actually grab the video. And if you look at Monty Austin for its face, he's just like, Okay. Yeah, we're gonna interview him. Yeah, I'll I'll give your guy, you know, his time. We'll we'll talk to him. But if you're gonna talk to Brian Flores, if you're gonna set up an interview eventually with D'Amico Ryan's, I mean, who's gonna stand out in in, in the interview room? Who's gonna stand out during the interview process? You think that? I mean, you're. I'll admit during hard knocks, but this is you know relative to Cliff Kingsbury and the rest of the Cardinals organization from this past season. Vance Joseph. No, not even relative to Cardinals. Vance Joseph is an impressive guy. He is. He really is. He deserves that. But you've seen no, him as a head coach. You know that there's a ceiling there. It's it's not going to do anything for this fan base. It's exactly AZ cards. Uh, is it nerd eleven? No to VJ. I completely I co-sign on that. But I think that they're going to do give him the respect of an interview. And I think that as far as the other candidates that are, they're going to meet with, they're going to do the work for the Cardinals and separate themselves from Vance Joseph in the interview process. Well, what did Monty say when somebody asked him about, what do you think about like taking over some of this coaching staff or the sky? And he's just like, I haven't even met anybody here yet. Like yeah. I need to go through the process. And that's basically like, I'm sorry, I'm going to get my own people. Don't you like, if you, if you had complete control, don't you want to work with people, you know, uh, right. you don't want to inherit a franchise that's won four games this year. And just try to put a band-aid on it. If I'm going to go down swinging, if Monty Asenfort never gets another GM job, Bo Brock, he's going to want to do his best to win right now. And that might seem cliche, but it's like uh, like Steve Kimes not getting another GM job. It's not like coaches who get recycled, right? GMs, it's basically almost one and done. So it's like, am I going to put all my eggs in the va- basket of Vance Joseph? Because I can tell you right now, the next co- coach of the Arizona Cardinals, barring something completely unforeseen, is not going one and done. I, I can almost promise you that. They are going to give this new person at minimum two to three years. And if you're if you're Monty Austin for you, is that going to be Vance? No, it's going no. to be people you trust. And that's, I think, going to bring us to the Brian Flores piece of this, Bob Brock. But before that, I want to get to this. 
Brett in the chat. Thank you so much for the dollar at 99 super chat. Mr. Morris didn't Flores mention us in his lawsuit. He did not. Steve Wilkes mentioned the Cardinals in his lawsuit. And again, a lot of people feel like this lawsuit's going to get thrown out anyway. He could opt to throw it out himself. This is still years away from going to court. And listen, Michael Bidwell has an affinity for Brian Flores. Yeah. Well, you texted me earlier. Reminder, Adrian Wilson has an affinity for Brian Flores. And now the new GM of the Arizona Cardinals, per you, Bo Brock, yeah. Monty Asenfort. We were connecting the dots yesterday when his odds went from 900 to 350 on DraftKings. Monty has an affinity for Brian Flores. Yeah, uh, post-introductory press conference, Monty met with the media, and, and during one of his conversations with a TV station, it was Fox and Richard Sines, and he asked him about Brian Flores because the two had worked together for over a decade in Foxborough for the Patriots. I mean, they were there a long time working together, and Monty basically said, Brian is a special coach. He's going to be a good coach in, in, the, in the future in, the, in this league. And he spoke uh, very, very kindly about his his former Pat's colleague. And, you know, that only fueled the fire that we're seeing, you know, people just connecting the dots between those two working together in New England and, and thinking that they're going to take it out West. I mean, yeah, there's there are red flags absolutely about Ryan Flores. I mean, you talk about the lawsuit and then you also talk about his handling of Tua and his relationship that deteriorated with Chris Greer in Miami. No doubt about it. Those are massive red flags, but... Those are things that can be vetted through the interview process. It's a very simple, you know, conversation that you have, but you, you don't take anything for granted what he says. You have to figure out whether or not he believes in Kyler Murray because if he doesn't, there, there's no reason to continue on or, or count Brian Flores as a legitimate head coaching candidate if he doesn't believe in Kyler Murray. Like, if he not wants to give Kyler Murray tough love, if he wants to M be able to MF him and, and kind of try to, you know, get him in line? Absolutely. I, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. I think that's what a lot of people believe Kyler Murray needs to take the next step. But as far as does he not, if he doesn't believe in him, if it's a Tua situation that can quickly sour and he loses faith out, right out of the gates, that's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to work for anybody, any side of this thing. I, I feel like we're, we're, we're down a path right now watching that press conference when he's preaching about team above everybody else, and there, there was that infamous quote that kind of went viral on the Twitter streets today, ego will not be tolerated. Is that a shot at Kyler Murray? And I don't know if it's a direct shot at Kyler Murray. Here's what I do know. Um, I mean, like, outside of this team imploding, like, I, this guy's got as much leash and cachet now as Kyler Murray uh, in this organization because they could pivot off Kyler Murray in about 18 months to 24 months. And we talked about it. Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury were the advocates for Kyler Murray. Michael Bidwell put that clause in his contract. Now, they're trying to remedy it, and they should, because Kyler Murray is a phenom. He's an elite player when he's at the top of his game. No one's going to argue that. But we, we talked about it, Bowen November. Like, if these guys get fired, Kyler sits around the room. It's like the Will Smith meme. It's like, where did my supporters go? Because Cliff, even though they, the, the relationship soured, like Cliff lobbied for him. Steve Keim took him after trading away Josh Rosen. Like mm -hmm. that, that's a real thing. Brian Flores and Monty Ossenforth will embrace Kyler Murray, assuming that Brian Flores is the guy, but they have no deep cut uh, allegiance to him. Sure. And that's important to say, like, we'll give him every opportunity to succeed, mm -hmm. Michael. We're going to try to make it work, blah, blah, blah. And like listening to what him saying today, very much the Patriot way, you can tell why Michael Bidwell ate that up. Like, keep me out of the tabloids. Keep me out of the news cycle. 
yes, we want to win games, but man, we were just, we were an embarrassment. We were embarrassing the Valley. We're embarrassing our brand in Mexico city, all this garbage that got out. They'll at minimum, they'll clean that up. And then if they don't get Kyler Murray's buy-in, it's like a quote tweeted today. It's like, that's on Kyler Murray because he has lost the ability, in my opinion, Bo, to get the benefit of the doubt from the casual fan and or coach because not this podcast, but there are a lot of people feel like he is an indictment on this job right now. Right. Well, I think that as far as Kyler Murray goes, he's become more and more of a polarizing figure absolutely beyond this organization, transcending this organization nationally. People, uh, probably more people dislike him than like him because, you know, first they're being fed a crock of shit most of the time and like they're not being told the whole story and, and don't right. know too much about Kyler Murray. And it's unfortunate. But also, I think that there is some truth to it. There's some t- something in the middle as far as. He obviously, this is something that you and I have been on record. Like he does need to take a step forward as far as leadership. Now, as far as what Ozzy, you know, what what Monty Ozenfort feels about Kyler Murray, he did mention him today. It was mostly about you know him getting back on track. This is uh, Monty Ozenfort talking about the Arizona Cardinals franchise quarterback Kyler Murray. Yeah. Well, I think I think the first order of business there is. Kyler's got to get healthy, and we want to do everything in our power to help him get healthy. We want to see him out on the field. I, again, I'll go back to that, that game two years ago in Nissan. I've, I've seen what a healthy Kyler can do. I did a lot of work on Kyler coming out of Oklahoma. I know that he is extremely talented with both his legs and his arm. And so, yeah, that does represent a challenge for us. We'll be ready for it. But the first order of business is, is getting Kyler healthy and helping him in whatever manner that is possible. Pretty simple, right? I mean, but look, this is a guy to open the season in 2021. Got a first look at Kyler Murray playing at an MVP level out of the gates. What was it? Maybe was it four total tutties? Ever. Was it five total five, tutties? Five. I mean, he was he was at playing out of his mind. He knows what he's capable of. He said he he scouted him heavily. Uh, that's kind of interesting to me that he was scouting him in 2019. He would have what been a member of the Patriots organization. So Bill Belichick yep. and that Pats organization had an eye on Kyler Murray. Uh, that's not that that's a testament to the talent right there. Um, it's it, it they're going to do everything within their power. So you're already no, just kind of realizing through just the, what he's saying there that he's a Kyler Murray fan, and they just the biggest key here is getting him back on track, getting him healthy, then getting him back on track. Yeah, absolutely. I want to get to the super chat from our guy picking spreads, dollar ninety nine. Thank you so much, picking spreads. What are the chances we hire someone not named Sean? Uh, Sean Payton, Brian Flores, or Vance Joseph, I would say, I mean, I would say probably like maybe 20, 25%, because right now I, you can eliminate Vance Joseph. We believe that definitively Sean Payton's in the mix, but it's gone dark right now. Flores is the favorite, but like they're still supposed to interview D'Amico Ryan's, whether that happens or not, we will see. And then Michael Bidwell and Monty Austin Ford talked about it today. Like they're going to interview people from playoff coaching staffs. Now, is that just D'Amico Ryan's that remains to be seen? So I don't think you can cross off a fourth or fifth candidate completely. We just need to be patient here because, again, yeah. the GM job, those got filled. But none of the head coaching jobs have been filled yet. I would imagine we're going to see hirings over the course of the next two weeks. We may see guys come in multiple times. They may, there may be final interview job or opportunities. Um, $1.99 Super Chat, Lil Dreadzy 13 Hey, you guys, would you rather have Ryan? Or Flores, ball pose that to you, D'Amico Ryan's or Brian Flores. I think I would probably like to have D'Amico Ryan's just because of his familiarity with the division, 
the yeah. dominance that his defenses have had against the teams, the Seahawks, the the Rams, the Cardinals. Like he knows exactly out of the gates, you know, what is their weaknesses, what their strengths are, and what's going to be the best way to attack the other three teams in this division uh, and his former team in the 49ers, potentially. Uh, I, I really like D'Amico Ryans. Uh, you know, he, he's an up and comer. I, I just, and it's not like I dislike Flores, but I also, you know, with it's, it, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. You know, Brian Flores, like I said, has some some red flags that that are very concerning. And in, if, I think you could get a Flores type performance from a guy that doesn't have a history of just torpedoing a young quarterback's uh, success early on. I, I think what the biggest key is is leading Kyler Murray out of this funk, getting him to the next step with his leadership qualities. And and I think Ryan's probably has a little bit of an edge over Flores just based off of you know, what we know about Flores and we don't know about Ryan's, but what we've seen and what he's done with that defense. In November, Bo and I put together our top five coaching wish list. Should Cliff Kingsbury be fired? We had the same top three, Sean Payton, Jim Harbaugh, D'Amico <laughs> Ryan's. Yeah. Bo and I were kind of hedging our bet. They would make a change and thank you football gods. Uh, Cause it is a new day. It's a new era of Cardinal football. Um, Bo did not have Brian Flores on his top five back in November. I did. Uh, not that I knew anything. I don't know anything. All I know is this is a guy. I just like, tell me what you do. Tell me what you've done. Right. This is a guy who went to Miami and, and won not, 10 and nine games. He was 24 and 18 in his final stretch with the Miami Dolphins. That 2019 Dolphin team, everybody thought it was the worst team. Remember it was tank for Tua. Yeah. They were, mm-hmm. they were trying to go, they were trying to go winless that year. And yeah. he pushed back on that ownership. Miami's like, guy, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of this 53 man roster. We're trying to win games right now. And they finished five and four down the stretch with a roster that was awful. So, again, like uh, everybody likes the shiny new toy. And that's what D'Amico Ryans is historic defense, number one defense, great guy. I'm sure he's going to have a nice career if he becomes a head coach. I've seen Brian Flores do it already. I, yeah. I've seen him prepare for Bill Belichick and Josh Allen and come out victorious with an organization that was probably trying to sabotage him. So, what could he do now with Amante Austin Ford? They have full buy-in, hopefully, of the players and the, of ownership. You're going to get a long leash here. Go to work and build a sustainable winner. That gets me excited. Is it my first choice? No. My first choice will will continue to be Sean Payton. Yeah. And I like D'Amico Ryans. I, I'm disappointed they didn't pursue Jim Harbaugh, but he's back to Michigan now. But I, I think you could do far, far worse than Brian Flores for a team that doesn't have a quarterback to start next year. And they've got some problems off the field. Come here and clean this shit up, Brian. I'm all for yeah. it. He won five games with a roster that shouldn't have had any business winning no. one, right? No. He, he won he, he won 10 games the next season when nobody thought that they were going to be worth a shit. And then they were over 500 in his final season. And then he was shown the door because of his relationship reportedly souring with Chris Greer. And, and, and hopefully and he learns there. to communicate a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And, and somebody that he's familiar with, uh, I, I think what we like between, you know, if that's if that's the GM head coach duo, you've got two of the best that have proven uh, have a proven track record of doing more with less. I mean, as far as what Monty Osenfort and John Robinson did in Tennessee last year, they had they had a record 91 players suit up for the Titans last year because due to injury, due to COVID, very different numerous reasons why they had so many players have to suit up and play games for snaps for that team 
they won the number one overall seed in the regular season and going into the playoffs, and they won the AFC South. They won back-to-back AFC South. They couldn't overcome it this year, but a big reason for that is Monty Osenfort going out there and identifying guys that would work with the coaching staff. He told me today it, it's it, the biggest part of that is finding players that work with what the coaches are trying to do and, and mm-hmm. knowing what that is. And if he if he's got a relationship with the, the incoming head coach, it probably makes it even easier. Jalen Blair, I'm going to tease this question. Johnny, what's the offense going to look like under Flores if he gets the job? He changed OC all three years. He was the head coach. Why would an all-pro like Minka Fitzpatrick demand to trade out, not play for him? Well, I mean, they were together in Pittsburgh this year. Uh, I'm going to tell you who I heard. They were tanking uh, that year they traded him. They, they were right. tanking. They weren't playing the a win. Made, made that decision. I'm going to tell you a name uh, that came to my attention today as somebody that Brian might want to be paired up with. But before I do that, I want to remind everybody, right now on DraftKings, the divisional round is on deck, so you should be on deck with DraftKings, all new and existing customers, get this, guys, can take a shot at an even bigger payout with the DraftKings step-up, same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Layer that on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code PHNX. Get this. If you're a brand-new customer, all you have to do is bet five spot, $5 on any matchup this weekend. Not the money line, or excuse me, not the spread, but the money line. You think San Francisco is going to roll, Philadelphia, Kansas City, five spot, get $200 in free bets instantly. You only have to win the bet. Five spot, you get it. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You guys are lighting it up in the chat. I love it. I saw some draft discussion. I am heading to Mobile, Alabama with our guy Shane in a couple of weeks. We're going to the Senior Bowl down there. Going to hang out, watch the biggest prospects making the jump from the amateur level, amateur to the pro level, NFL level. We're going to get some insight on that. But when we're traveling, I'll tell you where I'm going. First spot I'm hitting up in the airport. Four Peaks. There's a Four Peaks at Sky Harbor, and it's I got a couple beers with my name on it. And I guarantee Martin. Shane's name on it. We're going to have ourselves a kilt lifter, maybe some wows, maybe an oatmeal stout. I don't know. We're going to get crazy. Maybe an imperial hazy. You got the pumpkin porter. You got the hop knot. It, the, as far as the options, they're endless. You can check them out, fourpeaks.com. But that's where we're going to be hanging out before we jump on the plane headed to Mobile to check out the draft prospects. Plus, we got some playoff games to watch. Best place to do that, check out. The 8th Street Brewery in Tempe, the OG location. Go hang out there. They've got TVs all over the place. Great atmosphere. Great food. It's not just bar food. It's better than that. It's it's actually restaurant quality food. Delicious food. Like you got the roll. You got the uh, you got the chicken rolls there. You got the chicken tenders. You got the uh, Italian beef beer bread. You can't go wrong with our friends over at Four Peaks. Go get yourself some great food. Go get yourself some great beers, and also great get some great atmosphere while watching some great games. Four Peaks, check them out. Fourpeaks.com. Got to be 21 years or older. Keeping the conversation going surrounding Arizona Cardinal new GM Monty Ford, and we talked about Brian Flores, Bo Brock, who I think we both right now would consider the favorite or amongst the favorites to be the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and there are some concerns surrounding the fan base, like who's going to run the offense, who's going to take care of Kyler Murray. It's an offensive league. Seven out of the eight remaining coaches in the postseason offensive coaches so it's imperative to get the right guy um two names i've heard so jim caldwell is somebody he wanted to hire back in 2018 as his oc caldwell is making the circuits right now in hopes of getting another head job 
but you would assume to get back in the NFL because he sat out a year or two, he would take an OC job should he not get a head coaching job. Flores has an affinity for Jim Caldwell. And then another name that was floated to me this morning, and I, I did, did a little bit of digging, and I think he has just departed from the Crimson Tide at Alabama. He no longer has a coaching page on Alabama's website. Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, offensive savant with Nick Saban and company. <laughs> Patriots, darling, has a relationship with Austin Ford, has a relationship, obviously, with Brian Flores. Could he be the answer for Kyler Murray? And I know a lot of people are screaming in the comments here. But, <laughs> I mean, like, DeAndre Hopkins probably won't be here anyway. I texted back my buddy who mentioned this to me. I'm like, could Kyler Murray survive Bill O'Brien and, and Brian Flores? And he goes, laugh out loud. Could anybody survive that? So that's a name I've heard. It's not definitive. And and I don't I don't have it sourced yet. He's even been fired from Alabama. But that that is a name that, listen, would it, it would not shock me if he got at least an interview with his guys. These are his guys now. And it's about connecting the dots. And Good hell. At least he wouldn't be. He won a bunch of division titles in, in for the for the tenant or excuse me, Houston Texans, which of course Austin Ford has a relationship with, and he wouldn't be picking the player. So I'm just Look, throwing that out there. I th- this is going to be you and I are going to be we're probably going to get ratioed for this, but I don't hate it. I really don't. I don't either. Like what he's done the last couple of years in Alabama, which became was more of a defensive minded program. They have their offense has been the key to their recent success. With a now, player I know a quarterback similar to Kyler Murray, right? No doubt about it. Uh, and and look, his success it's undeniable. W- w- when he was working with Tom Brady, it, it, what was his his nickname? There was like T T Kettle or something like that yeah. because he, he would just he would lose his shit at the drop of a hat. Him and Tom right. Brady had some epic back and forth on the on right. the sidelines. Uh, but it, it was at the end of the day, they knew it was for the better men of the team, uh, two, two big time competitors. But here's the, I mean, obviously you, there was conversation or there was questions asked to Monty today, Michael Bidwell about DeAndre Hopkins. That would cement that DeAndre Hopkins is no longer an Arizona Cardinal. You bring in a guy like Bill O'Brien where his relationship sour with DeAndre Hopkins in, in Houston. And he's obviously the guy that traded DeAndre Hopkins out of Houston for one of the most lopsided trades in the history. Like Bill O'Brien right now is celebrated by Cardinals fans because he was the dope that traded us DeAndre Hopkins. He's not a GM. So, he shouldn't he shouldn't have had the power to pick the, the players. The problem, the problem with hiring Bill O'Brien is the optics of he he's already coming in where the fan base feels like they've made their mind out up on him and then he's a fool. Hey, look yeah. Everybody just take a second. Look at their <laughs> records when they when they outside of that last year after yeah. the trade, that torpedoed his NFL career. And he's gone to the college ranks and, and he's he's done some good things. He did good things at Penn State. Like people aren't made to pick the players. Like we we've seen it now. Like Cliff Kingsbury is not meant to pick the players. When Ken Wisenhunt got increased power, he was not meant to pick the players. Bruce Arians dabbled a little too much, and that's why we don't have Patrick Mahomes in Arizona. They wanted to go for it. Guys can be good coaches and not be good general managers, not be good personnel guys. And man, and you're even putting him a peg below that. Like he's not in charge of the 53 man roster. He's not the head coach of the team. I, I have no problem getting as many experienced ex head coaches on this staff as possible. The Cardinals guys go. If you have a DVR, if you got NFL game pass, go turn on the first month of the season. There was not a team in the NFL that looked less prepared to play football. That game against the Chiefs was an embarrassment. Cliff Kingsbury, Vance Joseph were utter embarrassing in those opening games. It's like I 
we're, we're looking for just guys to keep it together and be prepared. And then yeah. you try to f- flush in like an influx of talent. I mean, didn't Bill O'Brien got to the divisional round? He won how many AFC South titles with the Houston Texans with a bunch of dirtbag quarterbacks? Not literally, <laughs> but figuratively. So again, let's just take a breath. It's not the name. And I agree. Brian Flores will have question marks, one of which, who's running the offense, Brian? But yeah. if he gets an interview, do not be surprised. I, I, I Look, I'm going to say this for the chat. I, I just think that as far as the Jim Caldwell, Bill O'Brien, you got to do me something better than that as far as the offensive play callers. Like, we, who are you going to get just, then? If, you're, if your head coach is your, is your DC slash CEO. Jim Caldwell, executive. last time he was in the league was 2017. It's been far uh, too long. Yeah. We've seen that the offensive concepts, record, I mean, though. huh? You had a winning record, though. I know it was a long time ago. That was five years ago. So you're saying you'd rather go pluck like a tight ends coach. The dude from Minnesota that has a relationship with Brian Flores was his co-OC in Miami. He's under Kevin O'Connell now or whatever his name is. Whatever. And you'd rather go pluck like a quarterback's coach from one of these teams. I think yeah, I, I like uh, Todd Monken. I, I like that from uh, our guy Derek. I mean, that's not he's a, he's a trendy name right now. What he was able to do with Georgia. Um, look, I, I just I'm just saying right now, like Brian Flores. I think probably more than half of the fan base would like Brian Flores as the next head coach. But to take guys like Caldwell, who we haven't heard from from a half a decade ago. And now you've got a guy like Bill O'Brien, who's kind of a laughing stock, especially in this area, because of what how he kind of gift wrapped it, the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's just a tough sell. I would like them to do to to provide a couple more options than that. And uh, you know, shame on me for not having a name, but I, I always I always like to see you know some up and coming play callers that that are maybe a little bit not as long in the tooth as those guys. Those guys, I, I'm sure their experience is undeniable. But but give me somebody. Give me give me the next version of Ben Johnson. Give me the well, next of version of Shane. Everybody Steichen. wants that. Everybody wants that. Yeah, everybody but you gotta, wants, like. But you're not going to get that if you go get some retreads. You're not going to be able to find that if you, if you're just going back to some guys who had some success last time in the NFL ranks uh, far too long ago, in my opinion. I I think I just like the idea of either of those people because they've been head coaches before and they can help with Brian's. I don't know, ability to lead. And I think I also feel like those two styles of offense would work really well with Kyler Murray. What I remember from Jim Caldwell and what he did in Detroit with Matthew Stafford. Um, but I'm not opposed to anything. I, I listen, Brian Flores is not gonna be for everybody's your, for your sake. For your sake, I would just ho- I would holster that one for a while. I would put that one away for a while. What the Bill O'Brien one? Yeah. <laughs> I would just I mean I I don't disagree. I quote, I, I quote t- tweeted the the potential firing with just a couple. Uh, I don't know. I threw a couple things out there, and people are like, "No, Johnny, no." Um, just connect the dots. Now it is reported. Pro Football Talk thinks he's the primary OC for Bill Belichick in New England, and that would probably make more sense. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if Brian Flores can put a staff together. We'll see if he even becomes the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. You can get those odds right now on DraftKings. I like this comment from, from Monty Austin for we're, we're building a team. We're not building a collection of talent, which I think is a direct shot at the last regime because we talked about on yesterday's show. It's like, let's trade for D hop and Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz and resign James Conner and get AJ green. And we're just going to out athlete everybody. And then the games had to be played and they were horseshit on offense. 
And then we watch these teams like the Ravens get to the playoffs and they don't have a fraction on paper that the, the talent the Cardinals have, a quarterback and wide receiver, et cetera. That to me, like you need a sustainable plan that one injury does not catapult your season. And we saw DeAndre Hopkins get suspended in May and the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury literally never recovered from that. No, no, yeah, they didn't. Let's get to a couple of the other clips from from Osmond Fort where he, he kind of breaks down his thoughts as far as team building. Let's just take a look at, at Monty and his thoughts on scouting players. Well, I think I think more importantly, I think we're going to change the process, and I think that's what we're going to focus in on initially. Um, there's going to be things that I, I don't know what was done here previously. Previously, uh, I, I have a system that I believe in, and that's where we're going to focus our time and attention and how we go about scouting players and, and what we're looking for specifically. First, we have to define what we're looking for, and then we're going to turn over every rock that we can to, to build this roster. In terms of the people that are here, I, I know some of the people. I don't know others. I, I am fresh off the plane last night. Um, I think there's a lot of evaluation that has to go across all levels of the football organization, and we'll, we'll cross that bridge. But I think most importantly about it is, is the processes and the systems in place for evaluating those players. Which is music to your ears, right? It was to your point. I mean, they just weren't getting enough out of the previous regime. Like the new leadership, they want to evaluate everything and then see if there's anything, you know, worth holding on to. That that means scouting department, you know, front office personnel, the roster, who's on the roster. I mean, he's going to go through everything with a fine tooth comb and make sure that the Arizona Cardinals are doing thing everything right. Now, is that a, a much longer play than everybody wants? I mean, you're thinking basically Sean Payton and expediting the rebuild, but that's a longer play for more sustained success potentially. Uh, but, you know, and also part of that, you know, when he talks about how he doesn't know anybody and he's going to evaluate everybody in that building, I mean, I think that goes to, you know, who was there, who was holding on to the interim tag, the co-GMs, guys who were at the back of the press conference, Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson. It'd be interesting to see what their future is. But, I mean, it, it's it's as far as what Monty wants to do is he wants to instill his process and have the Arizona Cardinals take on that, and it's going to be a complete facelift of this organization and what we know of it right now. What was the comparison? The colander, right? When you're making pasta and you don't get all the water out, right? He needs to yeah. colander this franchise. What's worth sticking around? He talked about Buda Baker, right? Certainly a building block. He says, yeah. I wish... I want to emphasize or put words in his mouth, but we want to emulate Buda Baker, the player as a team. And why wouldn't you do that? But like, what else is going to slip through the cracks? What's going to, what's going to be worth keeping around? We got people in the chat, Bucky bird saying sweep out most of the scouting department. If you truly want change and listen, scouts make no money. They travel all the time. They've got families. This, this, this team's not good at drafting players. So if, if he came in and said, yeah, I'm going to gut 75% of the scouting department, most Cardinal fans would understand why. Not good in the mid to late rounds, right? Their hit rate with Steve Kime, 10 to 15% in the first round. Like at least what we've seen so far, dating back to 2013 and, and Jonathan Cooper and on and on and so forth. And I would argue Rod Graves even before that was very spotty. I mean, this team, it's amazing the success that this team has had, the limited success yeah. with being as bad as they've been in the draft. So I... I, I think that's the biggest hurdle that we've overcome here in this eight-day span since they've let go of Steve Kime is finding somebody external to come in and run the show. Yeah, I asked Monty today. I was like, you're probably not too familiar with drafting as high as third overall, 15 yeah. years in, in New England, three pretty decent seasons in, in Tennessee with the Titans, and, and ask him, you know, what's his approach going to be to third overall pick? 
is what he had to say. Benefit is that we're going to be ready to pick a premium player that's going to be able to come in here and have an impact on our team. That's the benefit. The other benefit is uh, there, there could be calls on that pick. And we're going to operate at every step along the way. We're going to do what's best for the team. And so if we get a chance to drop back and pick up additional picks that will help build the team, we're going to entertain that. But we're in, a, we're in a great position, and I would say the same for the, the, every pick of that round. There's going to be action. The, the phone rings in the draft. The phone will ring. And we'll be, we'll be ready to take a good player, and we'll be ready to listen to offers too. So we're, we're in a great position with that pick. It's a good problem to have, right? I mean, trying to decide if you want to stick and pick and take that premium player, that Will Anderson, that Jalen Carter, or do you want that quarterback-hungry team to pick up the phone and say, hey, we're going to give you a future first or we're going to give you a, a two and a three just so we can move up there. I mean, it's for the first time in too long, the Arizona Cardinals have a good problem to have. They absolutely do. And I another quote that stuck out to me is, uh, I think I posted on my Twitter basically talking about his need for a, I think it was a complete organizational alignment. Yeah. And specifically like with their draft picks, it's like how many times did they take a player in April and then they didn't see the field? I, you know, if I'm Monty Austin for it, I look at Vance Joseph and I'm like, Hey Vance, with all due respect, like I'm going to take players and and I don't trust you to play them. I don't trust you to develop them. Yeah. <laughs> the Zaven Collins debacle where the team went on record in a press conference, Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> and Steve Kime saying he will not redshirt. And Vance Joseph literally played him 12% of the snaps as a rookie last year. I mean, it's it's a joke. You it need blow, to have... It will blow you away. It, an outsider, you know, somebody following this organization closely, it blows them away equally. Like, the, it's it's shocking. It's just shocking, but it's refreshing to hear a guy right. like Monty Osenfort to say, hey, Famous we're going to scout these guys. We're going to have a plan in place for them. We're going to know what, what direction we want to go immediately with these guys instead of like, yeah. oh, Isaiah Simmons... He's versatile. I love He's that. Fun. We yeah, fucking love cool. versatile guys. Let's just get it. We'll find a role eventually. Year. Oh my god! No, it's it, like, it hey, just... first off the bat, he's gonna kind of he's gonna learn the single position. He's gonna have on a down by down basis. He's gonna know exactly what he needs to do. Instead, the Arizona Cardinals had him drinking out of a fire hose for three seasons. He had no idea what he was supposed to do. He's a jack of all trades, but master of nothing. So the Arizona Cardinals, you know, it's refreshing to hear that Monty Osmond he's got a plan in place as far as you know, scouting these players, drafting and developing them. That hasn't existed for, for sure. The, the decade that Steve Kahn was the GM in this team. Yeah. Uh, right now you can draft your own team, by the way, if you're, if this is giving you an itch to go and draft some players, you're seeing what Monty Austin Fort is doing with the Cardinals is saying all the right things. Dabble on underdog fantasy. They do daily fantasy differently. Bo Brock, we're, we're pivoting from year long fantasy. We're on to daily fantasy, whether it's the NBA where you can pick up to six players with no positional limits. If you've got your eye on the divisional round this weekend, like, I don't know, will Dak Prescott hit the higher in touchdowns? Will uh, old Brock Purdy hit the higher, hopefully in interceptions? You can gamble on all that and more using the Underdog Fantasy app. It's so easy to get started, friends. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app to your phone. Sign up with promo code PHNX. You got to use the promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to match your first deposit up to $100. So put in a hundy, boom, you get out of hundy right now. I know everybody's been asking, rightfully so, what's up with Underdog Fantasy? Is it legit? Do you use it? I use it regularly. I'm always in contact with my buddies, with my friends saying, let's do a draft tonight. Let's have some action on, you know, 
Minnesota Timberwolves taking on, you know, Charlotte, whatever. Let's have some fun in the NBA. We got the Suns, Golden State. Let's let's have some fun. Let's make it interesting because right now, Suns are taking in the teeth. So I got to make, outside of PHNX Suns that make it interesting, I got to find other ways to get me excited about the Suns right now. I'm doing it the right way via Underdog Fantasy. Again, promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. Speaking of taking it in the teeth all season, I can see why you moved on from the the season long fantasy and you wanted to go daily, buddy. We're putting on. We're putting on that for now. I'm. You know what? This is going to make me better long term. It's kind of convenient. I walked in right when you were talking about fantasy football. I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy talking about <laughs> fantasy football?" Saul so just wants to rub it in that he was our our champion, right? He, he was our year long fantasy. He's the uh, the Monty Osenfort. You're the Steve Kime, right? You, you just can't oh, find no, that sustained success. That. You've done that twice this week. <laughs> Call me Steve Kime. Come on now. Let's talk about more good problems to have. When you're trying to figure out, you know, do you want the Indica? Do you want the Sativa? You're looking for the right gummy. Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure. OG's Brands has the right gummy for you. All of their products that you want, you can find the right product for you you know whether it's the flavor that you want you like raspberry orange you like orange creamsicle you like maybe blackberries and cream they've got their brand new strawberries and cream flavor which is unbelievable or you're looking for something else maybe you don't want to have a fun time you want to get some sleep for the first time they got their sleep time gummy it's an aquaberry flavor it's unbelievable it helps put you to sleep and keep you to sleep also, they've got their brand new Happy Balance Ratio flavor. As I mentioned, strawberries and cream. You can find something for everyone. You can always find them on their website, ogsbrands.com. Find them on Instagram as well, at ogsbrands, O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. Got to be 21 years or older. You can find them in your local dispensary. Strawberries dropping at the end of this Ooh. week. The wait, it's uh, it's almost over. Antonio in the chat. Johnny's in charge of the parasite house. Now I'm not, I'm not sure what that means. Uh, there was a, there was a funny bit today. I don't know if you saw this, but Nick Sirianni basically said that they watched the, uh, wildcard matchup this weekend. Uh, and they ordered pop or pizza, hut pizza stuffed crust. And I said, everybody's dogging him. People in yeah. New York are dogging him. And I'm like my advanced palate here in Maricopa. I love stuffed crust pizza and I love pizza hut, stuffed crust pizza. So that probably okay. surprised I feel me. for you. I feel for you, my guy. Uh, that's rough. Sirianni <laughs> though likes the the cheesy crust. You don't. You don't like fan. And that, you put pizza aside for a sec. You don't like cheese in your your crust. You're not into that. Nah, no. I like real pizza. All I right, mean, it's, 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 If you do it right, if you have like good dough and good ingredients, you don't have to yeah. put cheese in the crust. It tastes good without that. I but like. I, can, I, like I can get on board with like garbage pizza for sure. There's yeah. a time and place for it. If they are Sean Payton and we have to do our watch along of that <laughs> that movie on Netflix with uh, Kevin James, maybe I'll bring a pie. Maybe I'll bring. I think that's uh, what the reference was. To. I think it was the, the movie Parasite. I haven't seen it, so the reference gotcha. was over. Our head. I haven't either. Heard it was good. Yeah. Won the Oscar last year. Let's get to some more of these comments here. Bucky Bird asking guys, does Flores run a three four or four three defense? I believe he runs a three four defense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been, we're a year removed from watching the guy run a defense. Um, so yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you're seeing more and more coordinators. They've got their base, but at the same time, it's it's a kind of an amoeba. Like you're seeing guys move around. I would think that the Arizona Cardinals would probably, I mean, they could, they could pivot off of a 3-4, which they've been playing for so long since Wilkes departed. And then before that under BA yeah. and, and Betcher and Todd Bowles. But, um, you know, you look at the linebackers that they have, uh, you probably would stick with the three, four. 
Right now, DraftKings' top odds to be the next Arizona Cardinal head coach, Sean Payton, still atop, plus 350, along with Brian Flores, plus 350. Vance Joseph lingering around at plus 450. He's going to get the first interview. Um, I, I, I We've talked enough about that. Shane, Shane Bowen, who's the D.C. in Tennessee, I, I guess just based yeah. on his relationship with Monty, plus 500. That wouldn't do a lot for fans. D'Amico Ryan, still plus 750. Then there's a big jump to Ben Johnson. Again, we're another announcement of a head coach being interviewed or potential for those odds to jump. Um, and at one point, I think Vance Joseph was the favorite. He has now dropped to third or fourth. So again, it, the speculation, I want to go back to this quickly around Sean Payton and the frustration that the fan base has. Look, look at this guy right here, J.J. Watt. If you remember that those conversations or lack thereof in February of For our podcast ago. listeners, you're pointing to a toy. <laughs> Here's a bobblehead of J.J. Watt. I, I, listen where I'm going with this for yeah. a second. No one thought he was going to Arizona. Nobody. Yeah. Everybody thought he was going to the Packers. He was going to the Patriots, the Steelers right. to play for his brother. Then he broke the news himself. And I, until Sean Payton tells the Cardinals no or another team yes, it's on the table. It's on the table. Right. And yeah. I, I just... Let's let's pump the brakes on any anonymous tweets or speculatory tweets. tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just um, I just feel like well, let's just pump the brakes. Let's just pump the brakes. I know we should uh, pause on it for right now. We're, right. we're not killing it. We're not killing it. It's not over just because, like I said, it's like trying to get two friends of yours that don't know each yeah. other. Right. And get them together at the same time and, and hope that they like each other. But it's an educated guess, right? You're, you're, you're taking some things where, you know, Monty Austin Fort likes this and Sean Payton's known to like this. I mean, they're both football guys. They're both passionate about, you know, taking organizations that have been down and getting them back on top and getting them going the right direction. So, yeah, I think that's what they're going to have in common. And I don't think that a hire like Monty Austin Fort takes them out of the running. Does it, does it take them out just because Michael Bidwell wasn't going to just hand the keys of the franchise to Sean Payton? Sure. But I don't know if that's the smart move. Of course you want to do everything within your power, but like I said, like with the Joe Gibbs comp, like that didn't work out too well for Washington the second time around. It's right. Go ahead. We've never seen Sean Payton, like pick the players. I mean, they, they have good drafts every year. Collaborated. He he always collaborated with Mickey Loomis. They've had he and Jeff Ireland. They, they've it's like a three or four man team there. Yeah, and who's to say that that he couldn't have that same team here with Monty Williams and some other guy, Monty Osmond and some other people. <laughs> There's no reason that they couldn't go out and 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 do that. And like Jordan P said, like uh, you think Monty Osmond gonna you know uh, balk at the idea of bringing in Sean Payton? Of course not. No, he's been around Bill Belichick. He's been around Mike Vrabel, guys who are very comfortable in their own skin, commanding a room. And getting the most out of their football team. What does that sound like? Sounds Belichick, like Sean Payton. Vrabel? Those are the coaches he were, and you think he's gonna have an issue with Sean Payton? Like, I would think that's on. that's a nice pitch for Sean that he's got these guys in his back pocket as as people he can go to bat for and well, reference. Austin Ford's about- comments saying they want to be a unified front, right? They want they want to have this incredible synergy from top to bottom. And I mean, you're not going to do that by digging in and saying, hey, I'm the GM. I make all the decisions here. Right. I mean, that's just that's not what Austin Fort that that's not a successful way for the Cardinals to move forward out of this. Yeah, it's just draft good players, 
be disciplined, stay out of the news cycle. I mean, it sounds Phenomenal easy. coach. Those were his words about Sean Payton. He just hasn't right. met him yet, and that's unfortunate. I mean, it's yeah. it's not the it's not the ties, it's not the connecting the dots that we thought we liked or thought we heard yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that unfortunately, you know, Monty debunked right to my face today. He doesn't he doesn't know Sean Payton. There's no tie from between him and the big tune and Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells' name wasn't mentioned once. He went down a long list of people that he was thankful for that got him to this today, 22 years in the NFL, GM spot. Do you have a, do you have a sense of what this team is going to do with DeAndre Hopkins? Do you think DeAndre Hopkins is all but gone from the Arizona Cardinals? Is there Because there's still people out there, a large chunk of the fan base, Bo, that hope DeAndre Hopkins is on this team next year. And I don't think that you're in the wrong for thinking that, but I go to DraftKings right now. Cardinals are plus 2,000 to be his next team. And then you've got the Packers at plus 350. The Patriots at plus 450 now. Patriots have really jumped up the board. Chiefs plus 500. Giants plus 750. I mean, like, I heard that today. And if I'm Monty Austin Ford talking about team and you got a guy who's missed time, who's expensive, I, I just I feel like if you're asking me, I think DeAndre Hopkins has played his last snap for the franchise. Johnny, I put $100 on him to come back to the Cardinals today, just so you know. Not Did bad. you really? At plus 2,000. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm not going to pass that up. Good living. It, it is crazy it. that he's that big of a long shot. That That is nuts. That That's like the opposite of Cliff Kingsbury, like where it was like minus 700 at one point mm-hmm. that he was going to be out where it wouldn't have been a, even a smart bet to to go against it. I mean, it was, it was like Alabama versus Samford. It was just an unbelievable underdog. But that, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with that because we've said it before. Would it be mutually beneficial for the Cardinals to trade DeAndre Hopkins, maybe restructure or figure out his, 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 his contract, his cap hit, his dead money, and then get draft assets for him in return, and he gets to go play for a contender? Sure, but at the same time, if you can't get what you want, the worst-case scenario, you have a wide receiver one on your, on your team. We got breaking news here from Dan Graziano of ESPN, former Colts coach Frank Wright, interviewed today with the Arizona Cardinals for their vacant head coaching opening, Bo Brock. Frank Wright, former Colts head coach, got them to the postseason with Phillip Rivers before being fired by that crazy person, Jim Ursay, was interviewed today by, I would assume, by Monty and uh, Michael Bidwell, maybe after the presser, maybe before. Uh, I'll give you my take on it, but at first, Bo, I want to ask, what what are your thoughts on that? Are you pro Frank Wright getting an interview, or is that damaged goods? You don't want to touch that. No, I mean he he's had some decent success. Most of it's come as a coordinator. Uh, you know, obviously he early on in Carson Wentz's career, he was a big part of his success, but it's been a long time since that. That was 2017, that Super Bowl run for that Philly team. And then, like, they were okay in, in Indy. There was nothing crazy that they did that said, oh, Frank Reich is a guy that's going to, you know, elevate rosters and, and get them to where they want to go because they clearly didn't do that when he was with Indianapolis. I'm not a big fan of retreads. And I think, like, he's the number one name as far as retreads go. And I mm-hmm. wish, you know, I hope with, with this this new direction that this organization is going that they're not going to go and, and take some – some cast off from another struggling organization. Like I, I, I don't think it was all of Frank Reich's fault as far as the Colts are concerned. Uh, if that conversation turns into like nothing uh, comes out for Frank Reich as far as returning as a, as a head coach, you know, do they return to him after they've hired somebody else and say, hey, what are your thoughts on maybe being the offensive coordinator? I don't hate mm-hmm. that at all. So right. uh, he, he's had some pretty impressive guys come out from under him, including you know. 
uh, cheese crust Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't hate that they're talking to him. That's the wide net. You're going to have a couple, you know, shrimp or, uh, I don't know, um, tires that are going to be caught up in that that net. You're not going to catch all the big fish that you want. And I think Frank Wright is kind of more of the former than the latter as far as casting that net. Uh, I can tell you definitively, people within the Cardinals organization love Frank Wright. They love him. He was part of the Ken Wisenhunt staff once upon a time. Yeah, uh, He was fired with that staff. He's got a lot of respect in that building. Um, and he went 10 and 6, 7 and 9, 11 and 5, 9 and 8, and then 3, 5 and 1 this year with an owner who meddled. He is not my first choice. I would probably rather have Brian Flores than, than Frank Wright as the head coach. Now, a tandem of Flores and Frank Wright or D'Amico and Frank Wright, sign me up for that. Because I think he's got sure. that calming presence. I mean, shit, he made Carson Wentz. I think he threw single-digit interceptions last year and almost 30 touchdowns. Yeah. He came into State Farm Stadium last year on Christmas Day and almost beat the Car- or beat the Cardinals, almost won the division. So I I don't think this is a nothing throwaway interview. I think th- I think he's he's somebody that the Cardinals like. But I think to your point, Bo, this feels very much like, hey, can we'll circle back around? Yeah. Do you want the OC job? Can we pay you a premium to come be our OC? Can you be the Vance Joseph to Cliff yeah. Kingsbury where we bring you in, we pay you good money, and you work side by side like Vance was the CEO of the defense and, and Kingsbury didn't meddle with the defense, whereas Flores, maybe he wouldn't meddle with the offense as much outside of being a confidant with Kyler Murray. Maybe it's all Frank Wright. I don't hate that mindset. And it's K1 just put in the chat, like when his quarterback – who were never mobile. I mean, he he was dealt mm-hmm. a tough hand by Ursa. He's not picking the players. Frank Ballard was doing that. Now he lobbied for Carson, but he yeah. got, I think I would argue he got the most out of Carson from anybody recently. I mean, that Super Bowl season, you know, Carson tore his ACL at the end of the year, but he was the MVP until that 33 touchdowns, seven picks. I mean, and, and he was doing it with his legs too. He was, he was the best version of Carson Wentz and the main reason for that was Frank Reich. It wasn't Doug Peterson, yeah. it was Frank Reich. He was he was the one that was given the flowers for that. But what's interesting about these guys, is, as far as the two candidates we've talked about outside of Sean Payton today, Brian Flores and Frank Reich, is that they would both be candidates, regardless of who the head coach is, to join this organization. I mean, you've got Reich, who if he doesn't get any, any real traction as far as returning as a head coach, is that OC option. And then mm-hmm. Brian Flores is not a DC right now. That's Terrell Austin in Pittsburgh. Right. It's not, he's got like, I would be shocked if he just returned to his old job with the Steelers. I think, I think Mike Tomlin would be shocked if he returned to his old job. Cause currently he's the defensive senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach. Like he's not even the head of that defense. Like, I think there's a very realistic chance that you could get him as a defensive coordinator, let him run the defense. So if, if, if just by talking to these guys doesn't mean like, it's not the cliff Kingsbury conversation. Hey, this offensive guy, you'd be great. OC. Oh no, he's the head coach. It's like, well, no, you're not just talking to these guys. You're having these conversations because you want to be a better franchise. And these are some top candidates on the market that you can bring in some, some capacity. And it doesn't necessarily have to be head coach. You could pivot at any point. Yeah, what fits the puzzle, the best scenario, right? And you get a sense who's the best leader of men when I talk to these guys. And again, I mean, Vance is now in that category, but I don't think either one of us first sees Vance Joseph getting this job. But this is the first real external candidate of note outside of the the folks we've been talking about, outside of that foursome that I think has some steam to it. Because again, if you're Michael Bidwell, 
he, he's part of he, he has familiarity with your franchise. And we, we just talked about getting outside the franchise. Well, he left and had his best success when he was not with you. He left and went on and had a really good run. I think he was the Chargers OC and he pivoted or excuse me. Yeah, you mentioned that he went to Philadelphia. And then he, of course, got the Colts job. They made it to the playoffs. They almost won a playoff game with a hundred year old Phillip Rivers. Their <laughs> offense was very run dominated, right? And so you talk mm-hmm. about getting the most out of his quarterback play. It's not my first choice. I would rather have Brian Flores because I I think this organization needs somebody like that. But I know a lot of people disagree in that, and that's fine. Would I have a problem with it? No. But to your point, it would even more so than Brian Flores because I think most people felt like Brian was inexplicably fired. Like that came out of nowhere. Whereas mm-hmm. like Frank Wright was on the hot seat when this year began and he got yeah. fired eight games in. Remember how bad Jacksonville was last year and they just needed to beat the Jags to get into the playoffs and mm-hmm. they lost. They they completely just choked. And that was the beginning of the end. I mean, that was like, that was the Cardinals in Detroit last season in the 2021 season where it was just like the start of, of things just unraveling. And uh, that's, that's what happened with, with Frank Wright um, in, I think he's well-respected around the league. If you watched last year's Hard Knocks, you got to kind of get a glimpse at who he is behind the scenes, what type of leader he is. I think you would probably, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, I think you would probably be, uh, you would like what you see. But at the same token, we know who he is so far. He's had his opportunity. Um, and, you know, Reich, Flores, you know, they're fine. Obviously, we have our eyes set higher for the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's just where we are. We We would like them to... Because we view this as one of the premium openings. They're atop the trash heap as far as the five franchises that are, are looking for a head coach. And why would, you know, it, it's surprising to me. It's just the first one. I'm sure there's no, like, rhyme or reason, like, who they're getting in the door. They're going to interview. They're still going to get their interviews with some top candidates. And I would like them to have, you know, potentially second interviews. And, and then also secure one of the top candidates Instead of like, I think things would have to go. I, I can't imagine that he's their first, uh, first call or or want as far as their head coach. I think this also throws ice on the fire. The people the saying Cardinals are so playing this like this is just now getting out. Everybody pumped the brakes on the Cardinals are taking too long. None of these interv- none of these jobs have been filled yet, no. and this is the hiring cycle for the reason we're in this cycle right now. And here's the great news for everybody stressing out over that: there were ten openings last year. Barring something un- completely unforeseen, there are only five openings this year, and most of them are in the AFC. I mean, to me, I would feel really good about that if I'm Michael Bidwell saying, I have so much going for me as a franchise right now, maybe not a month ago, but right now, the third overall pick, cap space right, a GM who's open-minded to whatever we want to do, having a partnership with my new head coach, et cetera. And did I mention you're going to have some draft capital potentially coming your way if you want to start anew without DeAndre Hopkins? You're going to be able to give that that person the opportunity. If the coach comes in and says, no, 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 I want D-Hop on the team. Mm-hmm. I want to integrate him in my offense. Well, let's have that conversation. So it's just the, everything's on the table. We should not be surprised by this one iota. But again, maybe tomorrow would be a good opportunity, Bo, to maybe rank how these interviews or these coaching prospects stand with with the fan base, with us, what what we feel like is the upper tier, middle tier, maybe a lower tier. Um, as we continue to get more information, K1 in the chat, Cardinals need to interview Ben Johnson and Shane Stetchen. Who's to say they don't? Who's yeah. to say they haven't already? We're just getting this information now as it comes out. Yeah, and, and that seemed like, as far as that process, you probably felt like, hey, they're behind the eight ball a little bit. 
Um, but this is something that, you know, Osenfort laid out today. I mean, he got on, got off the plane last night, was at the inter- at the press conference today, and then was going to get right to work. And it, it sounds like I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't do their VJ interview today. Talk to Reich, probably talk to Vance Joseph either today or tomorrow, and hopefully get a couple guys on the docket for the rest of the week, mm-hmm. including yeah. Sean Payton. Let's get it going yeah. here. Let's get it going. You need to get it going at gophnx.com. Become a diehard today. 20% off all future events. You get uh, a certain percentage off of merchandise, but you get a hat or shirt for free when you sign up every single year with the Die Hard package at gophnx.com. Pick up one of these lids. Pick up one of these tees. Celebratory tee. Bo Brock rocking the black on black at the PHNX merchandise locker. We've got a ton of exclusive content you can't get anywhere else. And get this. 90% of it is free to go read right now. Our guy, Gerald Borgay, cranking out hot fire on the Phoenix Suns and companies. Check out what this team's going to do ahead of the trade deadline. Uh, I believe Arizona Sports Writer of the Year, Craig Morgan, works for gophnx.com. Check out his work. It is unparalleled surrounding the NHL. And then we got a really fun matchup tonight with the PHNX Coyotes kicking it off. And uh, I'm sure Craig and company, PD, producer Leah, are going to have a blast covering that game. We've had a blast today, Bo Brock. And uh, this party continues to churn as we enter now. What I believe is uh, we've got the first piece of the puzzle with yeah. Monty. And now we need the rest of the puzzle filled out with whomever is going to be running this yeah. team. And th- those dominoes are going to fall quickly. I mean, we already just heard a surprise head coach candidate uh, was interviewed in Frank Reich. Uh, if you want more from the Monty press conference stuff that you didn't get to see, that wasn't, you know, stream live to everybody. We're going to have that coming to you. You've got to be subscribed to PHNX underscore here on YouTube. Set up the alerts. They're going to fire that uh, that clip off. It's about, it's it's got a couple questions and answers with, with Monty Osenfort talking just different ins and outs as far as what his plan is to get this organization back to being relevant, back to winning football, his background and what he's looking forward to with this organization. Make sure you're checking it out here on our YouTube channel. That's coming up. I would say within the next 20 to 30 minutes, but have those alerts set up. So as soon as it fires off, you can catch that, uh, that insight from the new GM and architect of the Arizona Cardinals, Monty Osenfort. Do me a hot favor. Like this video. If you're all in on Sean Payton, like this video, subscribe to PHNX sports (laughs) on YouTube. Check us out every day. We're live 4 PM. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast, the PHNX Cardinals podcast. We're enjoying our best month to date. Huge thank you to all of you. Huge thank you to producer Leah. We are back manana. Until then, be well, everybody.